At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Nice band meeting. Brett. Yep. Jermaine. Jermaine? Well, yeah, obviously. Yeah, well, you're here. Yeah, well, I'm here, so why do I have to say that I'm here? Well, it's just I've got it all written down, you know. Yeah, but I'm just here, so if you can see me here... I Murray present. See, even I do it. It's just it's how we do it. So how was uh, Dave's party? Oh, it was good. Mm, wasn't that good. You both aware I wasn't invited? No. Jermaine, did you know? You did know. Yeah. You knew, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Jermaine knew... Item one, fan base. Ways to increase the American fan base. What fan base? The fan base of the band. Well, you mean Mel? Hmm. It's not a fan base, it's just a woman. Yeah, but I'm, I'm calling it fan base from now on. It's just easier when I call, because you, you know, you say, oh, the fan will be there. Just, you know, they can tell there's only one person. I'm trying to make it look bigger. So base, put base on the end of it. Okay. That well, sounds good. It sounds better. I came up with that. Do we have any gigs, well, Murray? Yeah, I'm getting to that. I've got a lot on my plate, Jermaine. I'm not just a band manager. Well, what happened with the gig at the aquarium? There was kind of a misunderstanding. Um, there was a typo in the ad. There was sand they wanted. Sand. You know, that wavy font? It looks like a B, but it was an S. But I sent the demo. So good news is that uh, they liked it. They might play it in the lobby. OK, well, that's positive. Item two. That's it. Have you guys got any ideas? Do we have any gigs, Murray? Ah, oh, yes, I've got an answer for that. No. Welcome. It is good to see that you are present for another episode of OK Talk. Tonight, Matt and Clinton are joined in studio by two luminaries of the weird and wonderful. Craig Walita and Monica Rawlins. Craig is a Texas legend, putting the tea in Sasquatch. 
Monica, God love her, puts the bee in bitches. Oh, Bigfoot. Please, for the love of all that is holy, rate and review the show. Share it. Find us on Facebook at OK Talk Show, and Twitter at the same. Email the guys at OKTalkPodcast at gmail.com. Craig Woolley co-founded the Texas Bigfoot Research Conservancy. He also runs a little website called Gryptomundo. He enjoys Tex-Mex food. He is also afraid of sharks. Sometimes that shark, he looks right into you, right into your eyes. You know the thing about a shark, he's got lifeless eyes, black eyes, like a doll's eye. When he comes at you, doesn't seem to be living until he bites you. And those black eyes roll over white and then... Oh, then you hear that terrible high-pitched screaming. The ocean turns red, and despite all the pounding and the hollering, they all come in and they rip you to pieces. Monica hosts her own podcast exploring the darkest corners of her imagination. Both of our guests have made so many appearances on television that we can't possibly list them all here. We join the program with Craig in studio. Monica Rawlins is nowhere to be found. Yet again, a guest on the show makes it pretty obvious they have never listened to it before, and most likely, won't afterwards. I'm going out to pull a woolly booger. I'm going down where all the bad folk play. All the ladies like to call me sugar. I'm going out and make hay, hay. When the music band begins to swing in, all the folks begin to jump and jive. You can't dance, you can stop and wiggle. Throw your care to the sky. Woolly booger, can't you hear me ray? Woolly you are all that I crave. So have you listened to much of the show at all? Of your show? Uh-huh. Uh, I listen to, uh, I find myself just, I don't watch, I really don't watch a lot of the shows or anything anymore. Uh, finding Bigfoot, you know, like the guys, done the show, but. It's just such the same formula. I mean, yeah. same show every time. Right. I listen to a portion. I listen to, um, I guess, the start of um, the show that whatever show it was one you said that I I got props or something on. Yeah. I, I listen. It was the guy that was telling his story, and it was a pretty cool story. Um, the guy that. Oh no! No, that was uh. Was that Scott Harriet? No, that was the oh, backslap one. Yeah. That's the only one that we've ever really done like that, where we had somebody. That was having, like, I guess, like telling an encounter story, as yeah. it were. Yeah, we've yeah. always just had. The only thing that was fascinating about that was because it had just happened. Yeah. It was a cool story. You know? Yeah, it was a good story. The one thing that I told Matt was that, like, he was back out there Saturday night, and Sunday morning, he started shooting me all these texts of a bunch of pictures. And I guess, like, Rick Knoll had gone out to his house and was looking through all of his stuff. And Rick was telling him that he needed to make it over there to the river and that a lot of times in the middle of these rivers that that's where they will use like basically like nursing stations. Mm -hmm. The whole reason that they've been backed away from where they originally went was that uh, this windstorm knocked over like 10 trees in the road and the Forest Service said that they're not going to have them cleaned up until sometime later in the summer. So he said that they walked down to the bank and walked up and they found a little island and they found like this really crazy looking structure and he was taking pictures of it and everything and the next day he texted me and he was like well i think that was a blind that was made by humans i think those footprints that i found were all human 
So, I mean, the guy wasn't like, everything's Bigfoot. Yeah, which, you know, you, you see that. Uh, a lot of people are Bigfoot crazy, see Bigfoot everywhere. Right. And, and that's cool to hear that Rick Noel went out there because, you know, I, I haven't even talked to Rick in a couple of years, and good to hear that he's still getting out there because uh, he is a— he is an outdoorsman, guaranteed. Yeah. Rick Knoll is. Yeah, in fact, when we were talking about the camera on his backpack pointing the other way where he has those pictures, mm-hmm. um, it was Rick Knoll that I was talking about when I was saying that, you know, that's like a, a technique that I've heard because Rick would set, had that set up on his bike where he was like... Oh, yeah, the mountain <laughs> bike deal. That was that was awesome. Yeah, was he like had a little trigger thing like on the handlebars so he oh, could like... Snap pictures. Yeah, and it'd be shooting behind him, which is genius, you know, because you hear so often about the things being on the side of the road and how often do they step out behind stuff. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty inventive as stuff. He, You know, I know thing he was working on there a while back was, you know, a 360 lens for uh, cameras and stuff to to really do some cool stuff. And, and, you know, the stuff he was doing with Illuminol to um, spray on vegetation to see if anything, you know, walked through there and brushed it off and, and, you know. A lot of cool stuff. I mean, some of it they used on that episode of Monster Quest that we did, the Swamp Stalker, that uh, they did up in southeast Oklahoma and then uh, there in the Falk area. Yeah. So let's start right there. (laughs) The one thing that I know, I I know a a lot about you. That's kind of creepy, man. (laughs) That is kind of creepy. That's the way that I am, though. You a, so you're kind of like a stalker. I am a swamp stalker. Yeah, he is. You are the, <laughs> the original. I am. The OSS, original swamp stalker. But you are a, you've been on several of these television shows. And man, I can remember watching Monster Quest religiously, especially in college. It was a big player on the things to have on television. Oh, yeah. You're originally from Texas? I, I'm a, a, a DFW native. I was born in Fort Worth and. And grew up on the Dallas side, but, um, you know, I, as a kid, was interested in the strange and unusual, probably like you guys, you know, UFOs and ghosts and, you know, just as a kid growing up. And I had a scrapbook that, you know, I was into dinosaurs and knew all the dinosaurs' names. And, and you know, my grandparents lived in Fort Worth, and they had a cabin cruiser boat on Eagle Mountain Lake. Um, and he's into weird stuff. So uh, the deal with the Lake Worth monster, you know, it was the front page on the Star-Telegram, July 10th and July 11th of 69, front page story about the fishy man-goat of, of Greer Island. They saved those newspaper clippings for me for my scrapbook. And like I said, they lived over in Fort Worth. And then at a convenience store, back then we called them funny books. They weren't really comic books or anything. They were funny books. And on one of those rotating wire stands, there was uh, the book, The Lake Worth Monster by Sally Cl- Sally Ann Clark. That was in, that came out like in August of 69. The the It was on the front page of Star-Telegram in July of 69. It was a quick turnaround. Yeah, that was a quick turnaround. <laughs> she self-published. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, that was only, um, what, we landed on the moon, I think, July 20th, 69. So, I mean, you know, that was the the big story in the the nation leading up to that was, you know, we're going to the moon, you know, we're going to land on the moon. And, you know, on the front page of the Fort Worth paper was the, the Lake Worth monster. So, you know, I they saved me those clippings. Um, I found that book a little later. Um, I don't know whatever happened to my copy of it. I, I know my uh, grandparents were devout um, 
Catholics, and there was a hell and a dam in the book. And I remember my grandmother made me mark it out with a, a permanent <laughs> marker, mark out the hell and mark out the dam. So if I ever run across my copy, I'll know which one You'll it know which is. Which one it is? Oh, yours. I'll know which one it is. Um, my dad did that with my copy of Jaws. Oh, Jaws is a whole. We'll get to Jaws. Jaws is a whole nother thing. I saw it in the theater and it ruined me for the ocean. <laughs> ruined to this day, ruined me for water that I can't see the bottom and I can't see my feet. You know, I got no. I, I on Cryptomundo, I even wrote a, a thing called Shark Theory. Kind of getting off on a tangent here, but that happens on these podcasts. It my does. Shark Theory is that. They say you're more likely to get struck by lightning, by uh, attacked by a dog, or, or even have rocking a vending machine and have a vending machine fall on you and kill you than you are to be attacked and killed by a shark. But I say, by God, I might walk down the sidewalk and a dog might attack me, or I might get struck by lightning, or a vending machine may fall over, but by God, I can guarantee a shark ain't going to bite my ass because I will not have my ass in the friggin' ocean. I can take it completely out of the equation. Exactly. No shark is going to attack me ever. No need to go to their home no. and tempt them. No, 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 because... Some people say, oh, well, you go out in the woods and you look for Bigfoot and there's bear and mountain lion. Well, yeah, sure. But, you know, I'm still, while I'm in their domain, I'm on land. I can try and run or climb a tree in the ocean. It's it's over. You enter the if food chain. If a shark wants to get you in the ocean, you're screwed. Yeah. yeah. When you enter the ocean, you enter the food chain officially. That's always the way that I've looked at it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I still love it, but... Oh, you won't catch me. I don't snorkeling. Oh, it's nice, pretty water. You <laughs> see pretty fish. I don't care. There's sharks in there. Somewhere there's a shark. <laughs> and as far as I'm concerned, he is waiting to bite my ass, and I don't want nothing to do with it. It's been happening nothing. a lot lately. I it mean, has been. you know, been I, like yeah, I just saw that deal about, you know, that Australian grandmother that got killed by a great white, and they're like, oh, well, you know, don't blame the shark. The shark's going to do that. And it's like, well, you know, okay. But then they also say, oh, well, sharks, you know, don't want to eat people. They mistake them for seals or whatever. And it's like, it's all the same at the end. You know, so I, yeah, my, you my advice is don't wear any friggin' flippers <laughs> out in the ocean. That is that is a fact. Definitely don't wear black flippers, black anything to look anything like a seal. That's true. So you can imagine the cramp my dad got in his hand marking all the cuss words out of the book from Quinn and Jaws. Oh, yeah. My dad would just, he would show me, he showed me Jaws, and then we had, in our first house, we had a long hallway that was dark, and there was a corner that led back to my bedroom, so he showed me Jaws, then he went and hid in the in the, in the the hallway. <laughs> Land shark. And came out with his arms, you know, crossed across his face like that, and scared the shit out of me, and I, I was, I mean, Jaws not oh, only ruined what's the, the ocean. Uh, what's the rating on this, by the way? Uh, it's whatever you want. NC-17? <laughs> We yeah. can go there. We're, your dad's not going to bleep out the cuss words. No, we're he? not going to be marking on this with permanent marker. I do want to go back to the Lake Worth monster because I also, that was also responsible for me getting into Bigfoot specifically. Growing up, I checked out every book in the library about UFOs or ghosts, and I believed in all of it. And Bigfoot was, at least to me, Bigfoot was sort of relegated to the northwest part of the country. And I, I hadn't quite figured out what it might be other than. Uh, it's this, well, it, it's this it, one. It's one creature running around. It wasn't really called Bigfoot down here. I mean, you know, down here they all had regional, a lot of regional names. You know, the Turkey Creek Monster, the Chambers Creek Monster. Right. You know, 
Big Cypress Swamp Monster, uh, you know, it wasn't really tied into, well, you know, Bigfoot, you know, that term didn't, wasn't even created until 58, you know. Out here, they were called wild men or boogers or, you know, any number of regional names. Like I said, you know, region would have a, a creature that was seen and, you know, its name would become, right. you know, what body of water or, or area it was it was tied to. You had the holly hem, the caddo critter. I mean, there's just tons of that stuff. So it wasn't really attributed to Bigfoot. Yeah. Even, I, even which was one of the next things that came up for me, was the legend of Boggy Creek and the Falk Monster. The Boggy Creek Monster, once again, it wasn't called a Bigfoot. It was the Falk Monster, the Boggy Creek Monster, you know, the Jonesville Monster, even dating back in the 40s before the legend of Boggy Creek came out and before it was seen that much around Falk. It just wasn't attributed to Bigfoot. And Well, my, and, my dad always called it the Goat Man. Mm-hmm. Or he always told stories about the goat man and, and then would also tell me that, oh, they've seen a goat man at, at Lake Worth. Well, you know, and, and my take on that, like I said, I was I, I was really interested in the Lake Worth monster. Like I said, my grandparents had a cabin cruiser that was at the marina at Eagle Mountain Lake, which is separated by a dam from Lake Worth. Um, and we'd go out there in, in the summer and just, you know, spend a lot of time, you know, just anchor out in the middle of the lake and sleep overnight. And, you know, here I am thinking about the Lake Worth monster, you know, next door swimming over and coming to visit us. And so, you know, that kind of creeped me out. You know, I was, I was nine, nine, ten years old uh, around that time. So it was something that was really on my mind, you know, spending time out of that area. I didn't really know anything about Bigfoot then. It was just, you know, it was a monster. Right. Um, and then uh, like a year later, I got a, I, um, I remember specifically, I got it at school. I was living in Plano at the time and a kid had brought a book to school and I ended up trading him something. I don't remember what it was, but it was a book by John Keel, who wrote The Mothman Prophecies, is probably his, his most famous book. But he wrote a book called Strange Creatures from Time and Space. Had cool cover artwork by Frank Frazetta with all these different monsters, you know, standing, you know, kind of circling around a guy that looked kind of, you know, Indiana Jones kind of with a, a hat on and a just really cool book. And it just laid out, you know, different creatures from all you know, mostly in North America, but around the world that were different kinds of creatures that were seen. And and it was kind of funny because the ones down south, he called them abominable swamp slobs. And and the acronym was ass. I really like that. It was ass. So, I mean, that was the title of the the chapter was the the abominable swamp slobs. And he had the acronym there, ass. And, and, uh, you know, I read that, you know, that came out in 1970. And And then then did you immediately mark that out? No, I I, I didn't take that to my grandparents. (laughs) There would have been, it already ruined the other book for me. And then, you know, a couple years later, you know, I saw The Legend of Boggy Creek in the theater when I was, you know, when it came out in uh, 72 or 73, you know, I was 12 or 13 years old and I was Boy Scout. It was very impressionable. I mean, you know, go camping out and go camping out in East Texas. Think about, oh man, Falk, Arkansas is only... Across the border, you know, and here we got the Falk monster now invading um, our campground. But what what uh, what movie theater did you see? It was it was in Plano. I think it was the um, was it the Camelot uh, there? It was an old theater on on 75. Oh, it was either the Cameo or the Camelot. It was something like that. But it was um, I saw it there. Was it packed when you saw it? You know, that I don't remember. There's nothing like seeing a really good spooky movie. Oh, yeah. In an old theater. The crowd really adds to the energy level, and yeah. I could just imagine that. Well, yeah, and I mean, you know, you got the scene talking about Jaws, you know, when that, I just, like two weeks ago, was watching, it was like uh, 
shark half a day or something thing. And I even tweeted our, our feet with on the screen to try and win. My fiance was wearing her Bigfoot house shoes. So she had her Bigfoot feet up and I had my feet up in front of the screen with the shark attacking the, I think it was pulling the girl off the buoy at the very first, you know, pretty gruesome. Legend of Boggy Creek, everybody remembers the arm coming through the window. I yeah. mean, just mm-hmm. like the the face popping out of the hole, hole in the side of the ship. So, I mean, those were, steered me as a kid, but unlike a lot of people, is I kind of didn't keep up with what was going on in Bigfoot world after my teenage years and until early 90s, you know, and there, there started to be some more. I didn't really see all the, the documentaries and stuff, you know, Mysterious Monsters and stuff like that with, I think, Peter Stack. Not not Stack. Uh, what's his name? Mission Impossible guy. I haven't heard of Mysterious Monsters. I yeah. Either. It was, uh, what's his guy that, that did, um, Robert Stack did, uh, from The Untouchables, did... Um, he did unsolved one, mysteries. Yeah, unsolved yeah. mysteries, but there was um, it was hosted by the guy, the white-haired guy that was on Mission Impossible. I can't think of his name now. But, I feel like I can almost I can yeah. see his face, but yeah. I cannot think of it. Peter Graves. Yeah, Peter Graves, I believe so. Okay, Google's awesome, isn't it? It's amazing. <laughs> you see, uh, uh, fifteen twenty years ago, we would just be sitting here not knowing yeah, who that was for the rest, the, of, the rest lives. of the night. We'd just be going, <laughs> yeah, you know, you remember him, you remember him until. Watched a couple of documentaries, but then in 1994, I was living in Deep Ellum. Memorial Day weekend, I was going with my younger brother and some of his buddies, and some of my buddies were taking a road trip to New Orleans. Surprised and, you weren't seeing Sasquatch every night in Deep Ellum. Well, <laughs> saw some bodies, people that that uh, maybe looked like <laughs> were him. qualified. But we, um, you know, and this is pre-Google Maps, pre-GPS, pre-MapQuest, before MapQuest. That's hard to believe that. People still say, I'm going to MapQuest, and it's like, really? Is MapQuest even still, is it still a <laughs> I thing? I remember printing out directions yeah, from them. Yeah, printing but... out MapQuest. Exactly. You know, how, that is so 1990s, I guess. <laughs> I but, guess, yeah. Printing out MapQuest pages to figure out where you're going, I, Yeah, it's hard to believe now. Even when you see people like with a GPS on their windshield in their car, it's like, have you ever heard of a smartphone? Who needs who needs a GPS now? A Garmin to yeah, mount the, in their car. The map, the map industry is dead. Yeah. So, but back then you had to have a road atlas or a road map, and so you just plot your course. And so we plotted our course. You know what looked like the shortest route from Alexandria to basically Baton Rouge. It was Highway 71, which is the same highway that connects Shreveport and Texarkana and goes right through Falk, just a little farther down. This was about. Well, anyway, we take the trip down on Friday morning. We leave like 5.30 in the morning. By the time we get to Louisiana, it's broad daylight. So, you know, we're just taking our trip through there and heading on to the French Quarter. On the way back on May 30th, 1994, it was myself, my girlfriend at the time, and a friend of mine who lived in the same building in Deep Ellum that I did. She worked at Neiman's downtown, so she had to be at work Tuesday morning. So she crashed on the back seat. I had a little uh, 1991 Isuzu Amigo, a little Jeep thing that had the top rolled up because it was nice out, May 30th. So, But we didn't set out from New Orleans till about 9 o'clock. We were the last car. There was 12 people of us that went in five cars, but we were the last car to, to head out. So we're cutting, bypassing Baton Rouge and heading towards Alexandria. Now it's late at night. It's dark, and it's a two-lane unlit highway out out in the middle of nowhere. So we're driving. There's no oncoming traffic. We're just 
cruising along, I guess probably about 70 miles an hour. And there's nothing really. You can see the tree line on the sides and what we can assume is just swamps and woods. And as we're um, driving, we see a figure off to the right of the road. The right road drops off, uh, slopes down, and then kind of levels out about 30 feet out to the tree line there. We see a figure about halfway between the road and the tree line on, on the passenger side. And as we get closer and closer, you know, we see more and more detail. And it's not only a figure, but it's a figure that's about seven foot tall. It's covered with hair. It's on two legs. In the headlights, it looks to be gray in color. And as we get closer, you know, it's actually walking. Its back is to us. It's parallel to the road. But we can actually see it. It's taking steps. Its head is kind of slumped down a little. I mean, it's pitch dark. So I don't know what its night vision was like or anything, but... It never looked up, it never deviated, it never stopped, it never did anything, it was just walking. And as we passed it, myself and my girlfriend both looked at each other and said simultaneously, did you just see what I just saw? And we said, yeah, and I said, well, what do you think you saw? And she goes, I think I saw a Bigfoot. And I was like, well, we gotta stop. And she's like, fuck no, we're not stopping. (laughs) We're in an open convertible, you know, cause like those plastic window flaps had they been down would have been Impenetrable, I'm oh, yeah, sure. Totally. Superman probably couldn't have gotten through there, but so we just kept driving and we drove another, I don't know, 10 to 15 minutes or so until we saw really the first sign of civilization. I mean, yeah, that it's a little town called Bunky, Louisiana, but it apparently rolls up the, the sidewalks fairly early, even on, on a Monday, you know, holiday Monday night. The first thing we saw really was a church, a little church, uh, white church, you know, asphalt parking lot, a, a, a single light pole out in the parking lot with a with the light that was on. So we pulled in there to talk about what we saw. Uh, my friend was still asleep in the back seat, but, you know, we talked, you know, for about 10 minutes or so about what we saw. I don't really remember talking about it much after that. I don't remember talking about it even on the drive back. I don't remember really talking to anybody about it you know it just wasn't it was something that we saw and happened to us and it wasn't really something had a frame of reference or anybody really to talk about it which later on i find out is kind of an ongoing theme with people that see these things in 1997 got on the internet the first thing i looked up was bigfoot in texas you know and found out that there were people out there i mean it was certainly a lot more primitive than it is now you know there were message boards and stuff people talking and stuff but found a community of people and started talking about it and uh, met people and met a guy that wanted to start a research group and I'm I'm no outdoorsman I'm not a I've never even been hunting you know boy scout and just fascinated with what I saw and wanting to try and find answers so we you know formed the Texas Bigfoot Research Center actually on June 26 the 1999, so the the 17th anniversary of the formation of that organization is coming up here in a couple weeks. Do you you wish now that you had turned around? Oh, yeah. There's not a day that goes by that I don't regret not stopping. I don't know what I would have done. You know, I had a camera in the car. We were on vacation, but, you know, I I just wanted a a better look. It was the the Beast of Bunky. Yeah, the The Beast beast of Bunky, yeah. (laughs) Bob. It's it's so weird. It's Bob. (laughs) It's so weird looking at that area. I've got the map pulled up over here. So you were on 71 then. Uh-huh. Just south of Bunky. Yeah. Looking at Bunky. And the crazy thing is you're probably, what, a couple hundred miles south of Falk? Yeah. Maybe. At that, at that time. But there is a history of sightings. Oh, yeah. Cotton Island Bayou. That's not far from that. In 2000, there was 
uh, you know, sightings and footprints found and, and all. But we decided to do this. I mean, it was me and another guy. And, and I still remember, and I even uh, got a little story about that that I'll tell you. But, you know, we started up this organization and went out. and He was living in Roy City at the time and, and met him out there. But he knew a woman that lived out by Cooper Lake uh, near Commerce that um, had seen what she thought was a juvenile Bigfoot. She had her dogs that were barking around the base of a tree out on her property, and she went out there to see what happened, and something jumped out of that tree and took off on all fours, and it was not a raccoon. It was bigger. I mean, it wasn't a full-grown, but, I mean, it was bigger than a, a raccoon, and it just hauled ass out of there. And the dogs were going crazy, but, you know, we went out to her property and started staking out. But the first time I went out there, I had met him at his house, and then we went out there the next weekend. It was just me and him, and I didn't really know him. And, you know, he's got a shotgun and a rifle, and I've got, you know, my hands in my pockets, you know. And and the weekend before this happened, I had gone to see the Blair Witch Project. Mm. (laughs) And so— Pivotal. You know, I'm, you know, I'm freaked out hearing sounds and we had some weird shit that happened that we could hear going on around us, you know, heard some weird vocalizations that I couldn't explain that weren't coyotes, they weren't owls, you know, Um, and we had a lot of weird shit that happened on that property. I mean, it was on the road that led right into the South Sulphur unit at, at Cooper Lake State Park. We put up a rudimentary website. I think it was Angel Fire. I mean, that's going back how far it was. The first website was on wow. Angel Fire. People started contacting us and, and submitting, you know, sighting reports and wanting to get involved and wanting to, to go out in the woods with us and and do that kind of stuff. So, I mean, it just, you know, kind of blossomed from there. And What kind of what kind of work were you doing in 94? What was I doing in 94? Professionally. What was I doing in 94? Worked in the newspaper industry. Was working in 94. Um, I was working for. Um, I'd worked for the Dallas Times Herald for a long, many, many years uh, until they went out of business, and I was working for a, a couple other newspapers, Investors Business Daily, and 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 stuff like that in circulation. So I, you know, I worked nights. You know, was up at night, and you know, I saw weird shit at night. You know, I seen some weird lights in the sky. I can't explain. I was just wondering how much it kind of changed your life after you had this encounter on. What is creepy is, you know, the other little town that's right before Bunky. Have you looked at the map recently? Mm-mm. Is Whitehall. Oh, really? Like oh, Whitehall, New York. You're in between Whitehall and Bunky. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Whitehall, New York is uh, is Bigfoot sightings up there. Famous ones witnessed by police officers in Whitehall, New York. <laughs> Synchronicity. <clears throat> Indeed. And we're not talking the police. Song by the police. You hear about how it just kind of takes over someone's life whenever they have a sighting i think it's kind of funny that i could ask you what were you doing in 94 and you're just like i don't even know i don't i don't even care <laughs> you know it's like yeah. so it did become a big part of my life i mean you know it's it's you know it really propelled me on this path because while i was interested in the, as a kid you know i didn't have any you know anything that uh, that you know was life-changing and that really that really was because you know i started the the texas bigfoot research center because of that i you know, started up the website Cryptomundo because of that. You know, I, I've been on these TV shows because of that, just because, you know, that was what was uh, started me on that path. You know, regardless of what happened to me as a little kid, I mean, you know, those things that happened then don't change the fact that, you know, I, I saw what I can only describe as a Bigfoot on May 30th, 1994. And that, you know, sent me on this path, maybe not 
immediately, but within a couple of years to to get involved with this um, this field of study and and these people that I know and and talk to and, you know and and talk to hundreds of people. I've talked to hundreds of people who said they've seen a Bigfoot. When you factor in. I can't see that they have any motivation for making it up. I mean, I've talked to law enforcement personnel, military, clergymen. You know, one of the coolest stories I ever talked to somebody was a guy that was a preacher in, in uh, West Virginia that he and his wife were out for a drive, I believe it was in his 76 Ford pickup, and they saw a Bigfoot cross the road, and he had to slam on his brakes to keep from hitting it. And And the cool thing about it was he stopped so close that the Bigfoot's hand actually touched the hood of his truck. And he told me that, you know, he regretted that when he sold that pickup because, you know, Bigfoot had touched that truck. <laughs> I've had grown men, you know, break down in tears on the phone because they had nobody to tell or they tried to tell somebody and they were ridiculed or called names or guys that were hunters or whatever that had never even told their wife um, what had happened to them when they had been out hunting and had seen something they couldn't explain. People say, well, do you believe those people? And it's like, well, you know, I don't know. I, I can't see that they'd have motivation to make something up. But I say there's a couple of possibilities, you know, that, that they may be lying and, you know, just trying to get attention. And believe me, I've run across a lot of people out there that are attention seekers. Maybe they somebody else hoaxed them, put on a gorilla suit and crossed the road in front of them or whatever. Maybe they were under the influence of narcotics or alcohol and were hallucinating. Possibly they were had mistaken a person or persons or known wildlife, then the last possibility is or or they saw what they say they saw, you know. And if even one person falls in that category, there's something out there. And like mm-hmm. I said, even if I discount all the hundreds of stories of people that I've personally met and talked to face-to-face or on the phone, if I discount every one of those, I still have my experience of what I saw that I cannot explain away. A figure, hair-covered figure, seven-foot tall, walking on two legs, out in the middle of nowhere, I mean, I can't swear to you that it was Bigfoot, but I can't tell you anything that it, anything else that it, that it could have been. Other than your sighting, what convinces you the most that it's out there? Is there a certain story, or is it the way that these people act? Or well, to me, it's harder to believe that every footprint that's found is a hoax. Every person is lying. To me, that's way bigger stretch right. than to believe accept the evidence that's out there, whether it be eyewitness testimony, footprints that are found or whatever. To me, it's harder to believe that it's every bit of it is is bullshit than at least some of it is true. So, I mean, to me, I feel that some of these people are telling the truth. They're describing something that actually happened to them that they can't explain, that they're not making it up, that they aren't lying, that they weren't hoaxed, that they weren't hallucinating, that they didn't see a person and think that it was Bigfoot. A certain percentage of those people are telling the truth. And and then when you factor in, people say, well, if, you know, if Bigfoot's out there, how come nobody sees him? It's like, well, some people are seeing him. Right. You know, people are reporting. But, you know, what is the percentage of people that are having a, an experience or see something and actually tell somebody or published in the newspaper or they report it to a, a an organization or website? I mean, I'd say... Maybe 10%, maybe. Yeah. I, I think also people, I think one of the biggest things that people do is underestimate just how much 
wilderness there is out there. People look at America and they think, well, I mean, we, oh, we're man, every, man yeah. has trampled every we've, square. We've seen foot. every every bit of it, and, and you know, maybe at some point throughout history that's been the case, but there's still a lot out there that's just that's either inaccessible or just people don't people don't go there for one reason or another. Well, one one statistic is, and the last time I heard, I think it was seventy three, but there are seventy three aircraft that have crashed in the Pacific Northwest. The wreckage is out there, but nobody knows nobody knows where it's at. I mean, and that's something that's made out of metal and it's big and it's sitting in one place and it's not moving. Yeah. You know, people say, well, you know, is it like, you know, looking for a needle in a haystack? And I say, no, it, you know, looking for Bigfoot is not looking like looking for a heat needle in a haystack. It's look, it's like looking for a moving needle in a whole field of hay. You know, people are like, well, there's camera traps and game cameras out there covering the whole continent you know why aren't we getting pictures of bigfoot well you know i dare say that somebody that you know a, a hunter out in east texas that you know his game camera shows up and a, there's a picture that looks like a gorilla on there you know he's probably not going to say anything to anybody yeah a good chance but you know, you got to realize that these that these game cameras have a field of vision of about thirty five feet and about thirty five degrees, and something's got to walk directly in front of that. In the four state region of Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, and Louisiana, I believe there's a hundred million square miles of forest. I believe that's the. I may be wrong. It may be, and there's I think like sixty six million square acres is what it translates to, of, of, of forested land in this four-straight region. And, and you know, that's huge. I, I think about my, my grandparents' place out in Springtown, and uh, we're talking about 30 acres there of, of wooded area. My uncle lives out there now, and he puts up camera traps just, just because he's interested in what's out there. And we know that there are deer out there. We know there are coyotes out there. We're no, we know they're there. Bob, bobcats, there's yeah. all kinds of shit out and there. And he's got, I mean, maybe half a dozen good pictures of just deer mm-hmm. and, and you think i mean he's been putting them out there for a couple of years now and you think about just catching a couple of deer and that's it if you if you and that's a big population right in a relatively small area oh, yeah so you think about having to expand that to a giant area and a relatively small population of what whatever bigfoot may be i can understand why they're not necessarily walking in front of every camera trap that's out there yeah you know people for the most part i forget what the population of bear is here in the united states but it's huge you know hundred thousand i don't know a million and you know people aren't just running across them all the time i mean yeah. you know you can you can see them out there but i mean they're not you know they're not just people aren't tripping over them and you know, who knows what the population of, you know, Bigfoot is in North America. I mean, people estimates range from 2,000 to 100,000. I personally don't know. And I just know that every now and then one of them slips up, is seen crossing a road. Two most common sighting situations are road crossings and hunters. You know, I've talked to hunters that have seen something move, put their scope up and seen something that looks similar to a human but covered with hair looks like a gorilla and says i could have ended it put a bullet right between its eyes but it looked too human it looked too could have been a person in a costume for all i know and i'm damn sure ain't gonna shoot shoot somebody that's in a costume and be charged with homicide i mean people say well why aren't why aren't hunters shooting them it's like you know do you think 
could you put a, a rifle scope on chimpanzee or I guess I won't use gorilla thing <laughs> since it just happened, but I, I don't know that I could. It would have to be a life or death situation for me. Well, uh, you're gonna you're gonna pause at least long enough to think. Well, wait a minute. Is that a is that a a dude I'm looking at out there? I mean, that's not a deer. I know that much. So I yeah. gotta I gotta think about before I pull the trigger. That's why I'm against wanting to shoot one, trying to prove it, prove it to science, prove it to the world. Do you want to talk about that? No, not really. I mean, I, it's fairly well known that, you know, I'm I'm no kill that broke ties with the, the organization I founded after, you know, going through a, a couple of different iterations. And, you know, they are pro-science. In my book, that's still pro-kill. The whole deal is, you know, you've got to kill one to prove it to science to be able to protect them. My opinion is they're doing just fine by themselves out there, apparently. People are still seeing them. I don't know that they're that they're going to go extinct. I think they've got probably a better chance. They're officially cataloged of, of that happening. One of the things I know from talking to people in the past, uh, uh, secondhand information from somebody that was higher up at Texas Parks and Wildlife, you know, that was a question was posed to them is, you know, what what's your stance on on Bigfoot or Sasquatch? And they said, on the record or off the record? And he's like, well, uh, you know, on the record. On the record, don't know anything about them. What about off the record? And he's like, off the record, they're out there. We can't do anything about it. You know, people say the timber industry, the spotted owl or whatever, that little fish or whatever that halted timber production and stuff and, and environmental studies and all. But I think a big thing to impact outdoor recreation, if parents, people knew for a fact that there were eight-foot-tall apes roaming around on the woods, would they take their kids camping and going to state parks or national parks or, you know, any of that. I don't know. I'm sure more parents, some parents would go more often. <laughs> some some might, but I think a lot more of them wouldn't, right. wouldn't want to do that. And and I think the biggest deal is that uh, is that then people would be up in arms and want them to regulate it, want them to control the situation. It's like, and they can't do it. They can't. They can't. I don't think they can control it, regulate it, create a sanctuary for them or anything like that. I, to me, it's just like you were asking before is, you know, about the people seeing them and, and believing that they're out there. And like I said, that I think that it's it's far harder to believe that it's all bullshit than, than that they are there is that um, that whole situation about having to regulate, having to governmental agencies that be in charge of Bigfoot or whatever. I don't think there's a conspiracy. I just think that it's something that Department of the Interior or somebody knows about and, and just not saying anything. There's no need to... Like there's no overwhelming need to want to actually prove them they exist. So I need to know basis, I guess, yeah. you know. Why don't we talk about what you got coming up, the Texas Bigfoot Conference this fall? Well, what we've got coming up the weekend of October 14th through 16th in Jefferson, Texas, is we have the uh, the 15th anniversary Texas uh, Bigfoot, original Texas Bigfoot Conference. I started the very first Bigfoot Conference in Jefferson, Texas in 2001. The date of the event was September 15th, 2001. Yep, that's right. Four days after 9-11. How did that go? <laughs> unfortunately, we still had about 150 people that showed up because if you'll remember back then, all everything on TV was just the towers. By that the time, everybody was hitting the towers, tired. The towers coming down and everybody was way, you know, I, I hate to say tired of it, but, you know, overwhelming and, you know, wanted... Probably felt good to go to talk do something about different. And I had a couple of speakers that weren't able... Uh, Lauren Coleman's flight was canceled and he couldn't even come in and... Linda Moulton Howe 
didn't make preparations for, you know, fights opened up Friday morning, and her fight was Friday morning. That happened on Tuesday. Fights opened on Friday, and, um, you know, there was no terminal drop-offs on that first day of fights. I mean, you know, it was... Uh, you know, it was it was uh, severe restrictions and everything, so she missed her flight. But I had Dr. John Bendernagel drove down from actually drove down from Vancouver Island, took the ferry across, wow, to British Columbia, and and had been on his way like for a month on the way down, and you know just making a vacation with him and his wife. So we had some people that you know that that did make it and and had a great event and and just built on it from there. Um, in 2009, we moved it to Tyler. We had a lot of we had some cities that were courting us to take it out of Jefferson, which is a small town of 2,000 people. You know, Athens wanted the event there, Tyler. Uh, so we ended up moving it to Tyler. Um, we had a really cool deal that I organized. My dad was a physics professor at Southeastern State up in Durant, and he was big time into birding and so knew some people. But uh, we had invited. Peter Matheson, who's a world-famous author, wrote um, about the snow leopard and all kinds of stuff, but he was a big birder. But he he was interested in the the Yeti, and he actually came and, sp- and spoke at our event. Well, um, out in Tyler, my dad knew Victor Emmanuel, who is like the god of birding. He's down in South Texas, but he you know people pay him $5,000 to go birding for a week or whatever organized a deal for our speakers and our members the Friday before the conference. We went birding with Peter Matheson and Victor Emanuel. Oh, wow. John Bendernagel, who's a big-time birder. I mean, you know, he was, I'm sure, crapping his britches, the <laughs> fact that he got got to go out bird watching with these guys that, that are like gods among those kind of people. But Where did you all go there in Tyler? You know, I'm trying to remember. I think it was out at Lake Tyler, actually. Yeah. I organized, uh, we had a deal on Sunday after the event I got in, t- in touch with Mr. Caldwell that, you know, is the director of the zoo. Our event was at Caldwell yeah. Auditorium. And right. so he's the director of the Caldwell Zoo. But they put together a um, a private tour with um, one of the zoo biologists that was uh, took us on a private behind-the-scenes tour for our people. And, you know, at the Caldwell Zoo there um, in Tyler. Awesome. It, it was in Tyler a couple years. Then one year uh, after I was no longer involved with the original organization, they did it in Fort Worth. One year at Tarrant County, they brought in Josh Gates from Destination Truth. Then in 14, uh, I decided to reorganize the original organization after I was no longer involved with uh, the Texas Bigfoot Research Conservancy, which then changed its name to the North American Wood Ape Conservancy, I guess to gain some credibility with scientists by calling them wood apes. They didn't want anything to do with the name Bigfoot. So I started up the Bigfoot Research Center again Started up the original Texas Bigfoot Conference in Jefferson. Like I said, I organized the original one in Jefferson. So it's the original Texas Bigfoot Conference here. And this year is the 15th anniversary. So we've got some Dr. Jeff Meldrum's coming in. Just made the announcement yesterday that Adam Davies is uh, speaking, a British guy who's done expeditions for everything from water lake monsters to the um, Mongolian death worm to, um, you know, the Yeti. As a matter of fact, he just got back not long ago from Nepal that he had gone on an expedition in search of the Yeti with with Josh Gates um, for a new show that they're uh, putting together. I'm not sure who it's for, Travel Channel, Animal Planet or something, but 
you know, Lyle Blackburn from here around these parts, a good buddy of mine that's uh, written about the legend of Boggy Creek, the Falk Monster. Monica just pulled up, by the way. Yeah, y'all stay right here. I'll go get her. Okay. Well, we can keep chatting. Okay. Why Jefferson? Why did you? It's kind of funny why Jefferson. Um, when I I had gone, started in 2000, going up to Ohio, uh, to the Ohio Bigfoot Conference. And I went up there and I was like, you know, hey, I could I could put something like this together um, and uh, educational event. And so I went to the 2000 and 2001 event there and then, you know, started making plans to put it together. Well, my parents owned a bed and breakfast in Jefferson and my mom was on the events committee uh-huh. of for the bed and breakfast association. So I was like, well, you know, I might as well pull my resources. And so <laughs> uh, we started doing it there in 2001, 2002, 2003. Four and five. Doesn't hurt if your parents get a little extra business from it. Yeah. And, and, you know, we did, you know, they helped, you know, if it wasn't for them, uh, you know, it would have never happened. I would have never had the resources to pull it off on my own. Yeah. 2004, I think it was, we um, got contacted by the Brazos Valley Museum of Natural History down in Bryan College Station. They were wanting to do a Bigfoot exhibit. So we helped um, put that together. In 2005, our conference was, it was phenomenal. We had a two-day event, two day, two days of the conference, and we got coverage in USA Today on CNN. We were on the CNN crawler, about hundreds of people showing up for Bigfoot <laughs> Conference. That month of October, we were um, had a seven-page story in, in Texas Monthly. Uh, it was mentioned on the cover, Bigfoot in East Texas, on the, on the cover That's of awesome. Texas Monthly. It was actually, I, I still got the... Um, the copy, but it had the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders on the front. And it had a big, a big article on the Von Erichs, the Va- rest, oh, wrestling wow. Von Erichs in there. So it was a wow, pretty popular were, issue. Yeah, that's some heady company. The Von Erichs, the Von Erichs, the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders, and, <laughs> and Bigfoot, Bigfoot in East Texas. Yeah. Hey, Monica, how's it going? Good. We just had Monica Rollins show up in the studio, <laughs> a live, a live addition to the show. Hello, hello. And then you'll need to pull that microphone in front of you. There you go. Hello, Monica. Hi. We can definitely edit that part out. <laughs> now, this is going to be the hit of the show. We were uh, talking about the conference. Got, got Dr. Meldrum coming in, um, Adam Davies, mm-hmm. Lyle Blackburn, Chester Moore, Ken Gerhard, Nick Redfern, and a, a newcomer on the conference scene. Her name is Ashlyn Brown. She works in genetic science um in dna and stuff and she's written a couple of uh fictional well it's not really fictional because it's based on stuff that happened family encounters when she was a kid but she's speaking but that's coming up the weekend of october 14th through 16th uh in jefferson texas people can find the uh 15th anniversary original texas bigfoot conference on facebook on my website cryptomundo.com there's information there uh registration just went live yesterday now, let's talk about what really matters, though, and that is the little bit of information that you gave me about who may be emceeing the thing. Well, it's certainly not etched in stone, but um, he's very interested in coming and speaking, and uh, a lot of people don't know who he is. Uh, oh, name, but we've talked about him plenty. So. His name is his name is Reese Darby, and <laughs> if anybody saw HBO Flight of the Concords, you know Murray, the oh, band manager. Such a fan. And uh, he's got a new show coming out on TBS next week, Wrecked, which is a spoof of Lost. And he plays one of the guys 
uh, that's that's wrecked on the uh, shipwreck or plane wrecked or whatever on this on this island. Uh, but it looks like a comedy spoof. And and this is not just. Uh, I mean, obviously it's not confirmed, but this is not just star power for the sake of star power. This guy, he is he is invested in the in the weird. In, like in he, the, yeah, he has a podcast uh, called The Cryptid Factor with a couple of his buddies from New Zealand. Back in 2014, they he came through. And I actually went and met them down in Austin that they were shooting a pilot to try and do like a crypto travel show. And we did um, did some um, interview down um, at the Museum of the Weird on 6th Street. They're standing in front of King Kong uh, replica that's in that museum. And uh, then he went on. They went on to go down and meet with Phyllis Cannon, uh, who is the elderly woman who shot supposedly a chupacabra, one of those <laughs> weird dog things that had it stuffed. But they went and filmed that, and, and nothing ever came of it. But you know, it was it was cool getting to hang out with him. I, I've got a, you know, and I I can't believe I still haven't even published it. But about a ten minute uh, interview that I did with him about his interest in cryptozoology oh. that we filmed actually at the chupacabra cantina there that I've uploaded to YouTube, but I've never you know made it public. I, I need to, but. Um, you know, just asking him about his interest in cryptozoology and all that. But he's he has since moved from New Zealand. He's living in Los Angeles with his wife and two kids. And, you know, he's also the voice of one of the main characters. I think they're redoing Voltron or something that he's voicing one of the robots in that. I guess it's I don't know. That's I don't know amazing. much about that anime stuff, but I, maybe it's a low rent Transformers or something. I don't know. But sounds like it. He's so got, when will you know if he's going to – what's the deal? I don't know. I mean, uh, we've talked about it. He wants to come. Yeah. Um, so hopefully it'll work out, you know. It, it'd be awesome to have Bill him Craig, as MC. I'd like to come. <laughs> I'm trying to. i got to clear my schedule. Oh, prison. <laughs> band meeting. Prison. Band prison. meeting. All right. Band meeting. <laughs> yeah, you know, we he were does talking – He does a really good Mur- – you do a really good, Murray. <laughs> Yay. We spent, we spent many mornings – when so was, many mornings. When that was on, because we were working together on, on a morning show. We had and two radio segments that started with a clip of Flight <laughs> of the Concords where he's arguing about, one man did all those characters. You know, remember that episode where they have him all going? You know, there's that guy that's acting like all the different people, and he's got Murray all worked up about it. They're like, one man did all those characters. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> working on, you know, building the fan base. Yes. One. One fan. <laughs> Kristen Shaw, she she's great on that uh, Last Man on Earth, and I told him, you know, he he auditioned for it, uh, the character that you know what's his name plays the the main Last Man on Earth. He would have been much better. He also auditioned for. Um, remember when they when Steve Carell quit the office, and he auditioned to be to take over oh, Steve. That would have been, been awesome. So amazing. And they did that stupid stuff. They brought in James Spader, and you know, just different people, kind of that didn't really make any sense, but. You know, I could envision Murray, the band manager, being yeah. the, the new... Just take that same character. And yeah, just the, the, put him the right same character, you know, like Steve Carell's, you know, brother from, long lost brother from New Zealand who took yeah. over, would have been genius. Yeah, we were talking about uh, Reese with uh, with Scott last week, and I don't know if you've seen What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, I, I haven't seen it. He's in that. He's uh, he's the leader he's of the a werewolves, weird, right? Yeah, and that's the next movie is werewolves like yeah. w-e werewolves, apostrophe r-e werewolves uh, so we're, i was really excited when you told me that so let's make that happen yes well how, how about i'll i'll let me I, I bet i can make it happen that uh, we could do a 
a podcast, get Reese on as a guest. Oh, let's do that for yes. sure. I want to do and, that so and, But it's going to be nothing but Murray. <laughs> We're not going to talk about cryptozoology, anything. We're just going to go. You're just going to go through and do your Murray impression. Do as many Murray and, lines as we God. possibly can. I'll be talking like Murray for two months <laughs> then, because that's all it takes is I hear him for one minute and then for the next hours i'm shot like people oh, it, can't stand being around me yeah you hello man welcome you can go on youtube and look up the best of murray and you oh, know it's just so curious and and his you know greg you know he was always giving greg greg grief greg yeah prison Prison. so Brit? let's Brit? present <laughs> jerome here he likes it Oh man! I need to go back and watch. I all think those. there was a there was a while there when there may have been like three or four of us at the radio station that knew about it, and the masses were forced to listen to Flight of the Concords right. every day, some form or fashion. Well, since we got Monica here, yeah. I, I've been talking a lot. I, I was let let her get on the mic here. She's got a couple of um, things going on now. We've kind of the the crypto cast that we did together has kind of been on on hiatus for a while but she's got she's got her own podcast going on and she's got um uh some sasquatch expedition stuff that she's doing so I'll, I'll let her get on here and and talk about that what she's got going on um outside of the texas bigfoot research center and the conference yeah so, monica welcome welcome hello hello <laughs> hello <laughs> i haven't seen that movie so I, you haven't i know Oh, oh, shame! What, what shame! Happens, what, 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 shame. What, what happens in the shadows? What we do in the shadows? What we do in the shadows? Yes, yeah, the it's so good. What's up, Monica? No, glad you made it. Yeah, thank you. I'm glad I did too. What were you doing anyway? Do you want me to repeat what I told you? Yes, I was shoveling Chinese food in my face. Nice <laughs> from, from where? From where? From Royal uh, China. Oh, Royal China. Love that place. It's awesome, right? Yeah. Well, you you live over East Dallas, right? Yeah, I live over in um, um, Lake Highlands. Okay, I live in Old Lake Highlands. Okay, I used so, to live there too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a, I'm like the uh, like Mockingbird and Buckner area, like just to the, the yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm on the north side. You're on the. No, east. I'm on the north side. Yeah. Are you? Yeah, you're north just... east side. Cool. You're right yeah. down the street from me. Then come knock on your door one morning. Yeah. Be like, hey, we'll have a roll China. Remember me? <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with what brought you into the the cryptid Sasquatch world. Like people don't start off, people don't come born that way. So what? Are what you was sure? It? We, we don't. <laughs> it's in the genes. What are you it talking may be. about? It may be. Yeah, I grew. Um, I grew up in Northern California, so you grew oh, okay. up with those stories. Yeah, and uh, I had a grandfather who was um, very open minded about all that, and he encouraged my brother and I. Um, in anything weird and strange. Did your grandfather have any stories of his own? Not of his own. He just was intrigued by them, I think. And he liked the idea. He liked the idea of Bigfoot, I think, mainly. Uh, but it was always Bigfoot, Loch Ness Monster, that kind of thing. Anything mysterious he was definitely encouraging of. Yeah. So, um, so I grew up with the stories. I grew up with him encouraging it. Moved to Texas, and I was living in East Texas and um, watching The Legend of Boggy Creek one night. For the millionth time. And uh, got to thinking, you know, fuck, Arkansas is only like two hours from me. So I got on the computer and uh, he's Sorry. ripping stuff Are off the walls. Tearing the studio apart? <laughs> now, if we're going to take pictures, I don't want those assholes behind me. <laughs> I don't even feel comfortable over here down. with that 
grinning motherfucker. <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, I just saw cool. Craig taking pictures. I was like, no, we're not going to no. give that guy any more pub. You know, you can go in though with a photo editor and just yeah, we can just mark blur, the hell blur out everything out. No, just make devil horns and <laughs> you can do all kinds of shit with that. Yeah, why not? Okay. <laughs> Why not? So anyway, yeah, Falks was two hours for me, and I Googled um, Bigfoot Texas, came up with Texas Bigfoot Research Center, or well, it was center at the time, and um, took off from there. So and cool. The, and Here so I you am. just contacted them and say, what's up with Bigfoot? What can I, I like, do? I was like, hey, yeah, February what's up? Next year Craig's 15, like, our next meeting. Yeah. Craig's like, our next meeting's in uh, February, so you're more than welcome to come. So I trucked like four hours to the meeting. That's dedication, people. Met some people. <laughs> <laughs> Met some early. Dude, well, I think... I, I that don't goes think, with the territory. <laughs> I don't think Craig can handle being off the microphone, so I think you and I are going to have to share. You want to oh, share? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I can swing one over. We ought to have you on. I guess I'm Come on, Craig. Yeah, you're off mic Craig at the moment. That's kind of uncomfortable. <laughs> I told you he's going to talk more. I shot, the we- I shot the wheels off. <laughs> That's okay. We're used to it. Bring your chair. I don't know. Is it an ottoman? I think they use it to hold the door open, but is it for somebody's ego? It's the extra seat for their ego. <laughs> the ones that I just ripped off the wall. I figured as much. What? What? Hey, Matt. What's up, buddy? Here you go. It's cozy. Cool. Look at that. Um. So Craig said you had something going on currently. What's What's up? What's up? I um I have two things going on currently. I have a uh, Southern Sasquatch expeditions that I do with Angela Ashton, uh, where we go around the South and do weekend Bigfoot trips. Our next one's in uh, North Georgia in, at the end of October, and then um, my podcast that I have going on right now. Um, and you can find the information on Facebook, right? Yeah, I will tell everybody Southern. where they can find it when I'm done talking. Okay. <laughs> well, then I'll butt right back out. He's good. He always tries to promote me because I do forget. So, uh, yeah, my um, podcast uh, that I have going on with Shelly Covington is um, Strange South Radio. And we travel around to different areas in the South and investigate mysteries, legends, whatever's going on. We videotape it, uh, our investigations, and then we put it up on YouTube and uh, launch that a couple of days before we do our actual radio show. So the guests can watch the video, get up to speed on what we're going to be talking about, get a feel like they're on it with us. And they're better prepared for the uh, the podcast. So it's a lot of fun. I like doing that. Uh, both of them, as Craig said, are on Facebook. It's Southern Sasquatch Expeditions on Facebook and Strange South Radio on Facebook as well. How often do you go Bigfooting, as it were? Bigfooting? Mm-hmm. Uh, not as often as I'd like, because I have a job. So when was the last time that you went out and investigated? Investigated Bigfoot? Ooh, it was last summer. It was. It's We've got a current one out um, where we spent a lot of time out um, near Cooper Lake that uh, we're trying to get uh, organized to go out and check out a sighting that was about two and a half weeks, two and a half months ago. Really? That's pretty mm-hmm. recent. Cooper Lake. Where is... Commerce. Okay. Silver Springs, Greenville, that kind gotcha. of triangle gotcha. area. Have to think about it. Have you guys been up to Falk? No. Of course. I'm kidding. Yeah. Yeah, I was... Kind of. I was last there in uh, 
in uh, kind of got when was slammed it? right there, didn't I? Yeah, Jan <laughs> in January for Smoky Crabtree's funeral. Oh, well, moment of silence. Yeah. So Paul in Dallas. Um, I'm sorry. I was Do we have a morphing caller? into morphing, <laughs> Paul, it's morphing into Paul in Dallas. Morphing into ticket bits. <laughs> oh. Sorry, I got screamed at in Falk, Arkansas. Just by an old man. By who? A swamp wookie, as my host put it. The swamp wookie, I like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know, I was over there when they were filming. Oh, Boggy. Okay. And, yeah. I saw uh, you posting about Seth and, it. Seth and company. Yeah, and Lyle. And Lyle. So that was really my first ever like Bigfoot experience. Really? I guess you would say. And I totally was doing it as a joke. I, I mean, <laughs> it's not we were, a joke when you get yelled at. It. No, it wasn't. Well, no, it was. Know, uh, Falk is a right nice place. Till the sun. Until goes the down. sun goes down. Dun, 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 dun. I'm still kind of in recovery mode for. Did it scare you? I wouldn't say it scared me. It f- flipped me out a little bit. That's awesome. It's just crazy. I need to go out to Falk. It's popping. Need to grab Shelly. Shelly's up in the Pacific Northwest right now doing her own little. Um, Who is Shelly? Shelly is my co-host for Strange South. So yeah. she's up with the Olympic Project right now. Doing she is? a little summer adventure. So I'm on hiatus until she gets back. What sort of fruit has your expeditions brought Born. you? Born. <laughs> Born what have you reaped from this? What have I reaped? These are both new projects, so I can't say that we've really reaped anything other than a bunch of likes on Facebook. Yeah. But going out to Falk or going out to X, like, did, mm-hmm. have you had something happen where you think this is this is something that uh, something crazy is out of the is out yeah. of the ordinary? You know, I've never. First of all, I've never had a sighting, mm-hmm. so I'm very skeptical, and I'm definitely I've got to see it to believe it kind of person. And uh, I'm not out to prove it to the world. I need to prove it to myself first. So. I'll just lay that out there right now. Uh, I have had weird things happen, but I've never had anything happen to me in X or otherwise where I couldn't chalk it up to, you know, it could have been a bear, it could have been a cougar, it could have been somebody fucking with me, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, But I did have a crazy experience in X where something just bum rushed me down a mountain in the dark and I could see the foliage moving, but I couldn't see the actual animal, whatever it was. And it got right to the tree line and stopped because I had my gun on it. And, you know, I don't shoot blankly into the dark. You know, I need to see what I'm shooting at. So I was waiting for it to break the tree line before I took a shot. It just ran full speed down the mountain. I'm backing up trying to get inside of a um, an enclosed area that they called a bear fence that was fenced in. And um, trying to get as much distance between the tree line and, and uh, myself and... Uh, it Yeah, it just ran full speed, stopped at the tree line, walked back and forth for a few minutes, and then went right back the way it came up the mountain, really slowly. You know, not to uh, not to put anything in your head, but um, I have seen video of gorillas doing the same sort of thing, where they'll, oh, yeah, they, they charge down to people, they do a bluff, yeah. yeah bears they'll, do that too. Yeah. So, I mean, and there are a lot of bear in that area. Yeah. We've caught so many different bear on game cam that we're used to joke that we were the Texas bear research <laughs> do you like do ghost expeditions too mm-hmm. i do it all i love it okay yeah. paranormal creatures ghosts dogmen what's the most active location that you've been to in spooky dookie town in spooky dookie town x is pretty creepy yeah yeah because it takes you an hour by 
car just to get to a place where somebody with only four wheel. (laughs) Well, you can get a car up to the top of the mountain. Yeah. And then uh, from the mountain down, it's another 45 minute drive with somebody who has to have high clearance four wheel drive or you ain't getting in there. Right. And so, I mean, it's remote. Well, what about like ghosty location? What's oh, ghosty locations? Um, there's a lot of those. <laughs> you know, here in Texas. So, like, have you been to the that hotel in Jefferson? Mm-hmm. Never had anything weird happen there, though. Yeah, I go to Texas or Jefferson pretty regularly, but yeah. never been creeped out in Jefferson. Have you stayed in that uh, that one room and? No, I didn't stay. Do you know which one I'm talking about? Specific room 19 or so in the Jefferson. The Jefferson Hotel. Hotel. Yeah. No, but nothing. 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 Where else? I got some really creepy EVPs out of a cemetery in McKinney. In McKinney. It's one of the oldest cemeteries in North Texas. Really? Yeah. When was that? That's when I had my paranormal group. So that was 2010. Briefly had a paranormal group, but then Bigfoot's just all-consuming, so I had to give that up. Couldn't do both. Have you ever been to investigate the glowing tombstone in Springtown? Because that's that was my local legend that we always Springtown. would scare each other with. Yeah. No. We had a tombstone that would glow at an old cemetery out there. Really? The did it of... actually glow? It did. It like did. Like it had phosphorescence on it? I, yeah, I don't... I, it must have... Something to do with the rock or, yeah. you know, if the moon shone on it in a certain way, I guess. I don't know. Or it was the spirit that was hanging out at the tombstone. That's totally what uh, But it did... It did <laughs> I mean, the the part of it... This is... I mean, this was the kid I was, as I'm sure probably everybody was. Like, we, we would sneak out in the middle of the night and go walk down to a bridge and scare ourselves or go down to a cemetery and scare ourselves. And that's... Oh, sure. Kind of where everything came from. And yeah. Where I used to spend my summers, we um, it was a really remote part of southwestern uh, Oregon. And uh, my parents, my grandparents owned the property on the far side of the creek. We had to crush this rickety old bridge that my grandfather built. And uh, to get to my uncle's property, the main property. Yeah, we had a, a lot of weird activity there growing up. And of course, you know, you're not thinking Bigfoot or anything at the time. I mean, knowing what I know now, looking back, if there is such a thing probably was there i would get uh shadowed when i'd walk down the road um there'd be something the tree line following i'd stop it stop and that would happen fairly often we'd come down that dirt road i was telling you about we'd have and it was a hollow you know where the trees are overgrown and uh and it's creepy as hell anyway (laughs) but you get a full moon on top of it and all the animal noises because you're pretty far out in the country it's just creepy to begin with um but the road that we were walking on to get to the the bridge to cross the creek is raised up, you know, and there are floodplains down there. So it's like a good three or four feet up off the main ground level. And all of us kids were walking towards the bridge one night and something that was ear level with us. So it was pretty far up off the ground, growled at us, just really growled at us. And my cousins, you know, their immediate reaction is bear, take off, leave, you know, the slow city kids that can't run like that behind to be eaten. Uh, so that's right uh, because they didn't have to outrun the bear they just, just had, had to outrun, outrun me and all i had to do is outrun my little brother which was not hard <laughs> and then i felt bad and i'd stop and i was like i'm gonna die because i love my brother do you give credence to the uh sasquatch like women in the field more or more you know, responsive to female investigators I'm- so glad you asked me that because i have been a part of two all-female expeditions the one that was on monster quest and to skookum to skookum and um 
we were truly all women. And the only men had to stay at a base camp about a half mile down the mountain from us. The BFRO had an all-female expedition out in East Texas that Sibylla Irwin and I uh, spearheaded. And I have never had any more activity being around just women that I have with mixed company. Doesn't make a difference, in my opinion, in my experience. And I'm not saying that Bigfoot maybe won't come investigate a lady before a man because, you know, there is something to the lady's voice tends to be a little softer, maybe less aggressive. Were any of you on your cycle? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Well, that's, that's a legitimate we question. That's sure, a legit yeah, question. Sure. I know. It's just Craig over I didn't there. check with the other you ladies, know, I, but... <laughs> we've heard the rumor about bears, so maybe Sasquatch you know, follows you the same Monica, pattern. You can ask Monica. I see the line, and I step right over it. <laughs> I don't just ease up to the line. You don't I even acknowledge go. it. It just keeps going. <laughs> now, you said, you said you were a skeptic, and you don't believe, but obviously there's... or you don't. I believe in the possibility, sure. yeah. yeah. But I obviously mean, there's something in you that... that uh, I mean, other people who don't believe would just not go and look for it at all. So there's something... Well, unless you like that... adventure and you like mystery and you like putting yourself in relatively, you know... Harm's a... way? Well, it's harm's way, but it's also like a calculated risk. Like, I mean, I know what my limits are. I mean, do I go into the wilderness area? Sure. Have I been places where it would take a helicopter to get me out? Sure. Yeah. But it's all calculated. But, you know, you've got to have a sense of adventure anyway. To, to it's more about the expedition it. than necessarily... It's a little bit of both. I mean, yeah. I really do want to believe. I do want to believe. And um, and I do believe that there's a possibility, clearly, that something's out there. Everybody's seeing something. I mean, the reports come from somewhere, and they can't all be misidentifications. But before I'm going to cross the line and say, yeah, it's there, yes, I believe, I need to have that experience. Yeah. So then let me ask both of you this question. Um, it's I guess it's sort of a two-part question. Do you want... Sasquatch to be proven real to to science basically on the you know on the news that there is a Sasquatch and it exists and how would you how would your life change if that were the case how, how would you feel about that yeah I think I'd like to see it proven doesn't really matter to me one way or the other so people will stop laughing at but me. Th <laughs> there are a lot of people whose, whose noses I'd rub in it uh no doubt, but uh, it it doesn't make any difference to me. I mean, I know what I saw. Yeah, and uh, um, you know, it, it, I I'm kind of ambivalent. I mean, you know, I don't know that it would. You know, some people want to prove it to, uh, they say, so they can save them or they can get them protected. Um, I don't think they need saving or protecting. They're doing uh, okay. They're they're doing okay. <laughs> I mean, they're still being seen all all over the place. Um, so, um, I think that I think probably if it was proven that um, you know may more harm than good may happen, even it's possible. Yeah. What other type of other than Sasquatch? What other type of cryptids are you most interested in, or seem most credible to you? There's a difference between interested and credible. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Uh, you know, I'm interested in all that stuff, lake monsters. Um, you know. Uh, sea serpents, uh, you know, any kind of any kind of weird creature. Uh, not necessarily going to go out and look for them because once again we got shark theory. I'm not, going, <laughs> I'm, not going, I'm not going in the water. You know, I'm not diving into uh, Loch Ness looking for the Loch Ness monster. Sure. That, that ain't going to happen. You don't drown on land. 
Uh, he hates sharks a just lot. Just a little. Yeah, just a little. Bit. A lot. Yeah, I don't want to go out and kill them all, but right. uh, I don't want to be in the water with them either. How long have you been running Cryptomundo now? Um, it started. The first post went uh, went live September twenty seventh, two thousand five, about the ivory billed woodpecker. Mm-hmm. Woo-hoo. And so, I mean, that's kind of a big player in this game. Uh, it's not as active as it used to be, but um, you know, I still got people that are um, contributing and you know try and post something um, every day. Try and keep it active. Uh, it, it got it got a, a ton of traffic on this uh, this um, video that where was it? I'm trying to remember where it was. Oh, it was in Idaho. It was near Meldrum's Pocatello that somebody operating a drone <clears throat> supposedly you know saying they. Filmed a Sasquatch crossing a, a field into a wooded area, but uh, it got a lot of traffic on Cryptomundo. On, Did you on that see post. anything interesting in that drone video? There's something in it. You know, who knows what it is. What's it, the best piece of video that you've seen? PG film? Is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean... You know, and that's not video. That's film. That's thirty-five millimeter. That's whatever. It? It's semantics. No, sixteen it's... millimeter. Sixteen <laughs> millimeter film. Um, I just saw something that came up. Uh, some about that Redwoods footage. You know, the the Playboy, the Playboy Playmate. Um, I actually didn't know this till I saw it on Facebook. I think Tommy Amarone posted that it, it, it. She went on Jay Leno, and her and Kevin Nealon were. Jay Leno and Kevin Nealon were giving her, uh, Anna Marie Goddard, were giving her grief about um, about so. seeing that and all. And they were filming an adventure TV show and, you know, saw something cross the road. Just happened to see Bigfoot on a back road in a Winnebago. So I'm going to post it up. I got, I got an email from her, I think it may have been a year or two ago, from Anna Marie Goddard, the Playboy Playmate, that wanted me to pull down uh, some posts I had on Cryptomundo about about that because you know she's i guess was wanting to move on from being the playboy playmate mm-hmm. who saw sasquatch but sorry once it's out there it's out there yeah once it's just on like the inter- your you can't take just like your playboy posts yeah <laughs> once I'm it's sure, there it's there i'm sure forever. you know she could be like axel rose wanting google to take down all the fat pictures of him i don't guess it, i knew about i want playboy google to playmate. take down all my yeah, fat pictures too <laughs> Have I, I had not heard that story. The picture that he's wanting them to take down, though, it's Is that the one where he's, he's leaning he's forward leaning in and he yes. looks about eighteen feet wide. It's it's pretty I horrible, but laugh. you know, you know, actually wanting Google <laughs> to take the the image down off the internet. It's like, Can dude, it, once it's on the internet, once it's on too. the internet, I think it's a travesty that he was filling in for Brian Johnson of ACDC. That's just horrible. Yeah, My, right. You know, that's not ACDC with Axl Rose. I mean, despite all this time, the 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 PG film is still the best high, piece highly, of evidence. It's yeah. really still the best one because I mean, we've seen so many videos over the years, and none of it, it's all blurry or it's some little speck moving. I mean, it's nothing even remotely that clear. But also opinion. highly controversial. I mean, I know well, a lot of people. Always, any any piece of sure. footage is going to be any photograph is going to be subject to criticism. Uh, it doesn't matter how clear it is. There's always going to be somebody saying that's a suit. It's a guy in a suit. Yeah not saying it isn't well i mean it is but being skeptical it would it would stand to reason that if you thought that it was real Mm -hmm. that it might sway you i'd believe it 100 percent. i guess i don't know (laughs) 
I don't know. I think you know. I know Bob Glimlin, and I don't. I don't believe he would ever lie. I believe he believes what he saw, but I also believe that Patterson. There's a speck in my mind, and as a skeptic, I have to admit it. There's a speck in my mind that Patterson could have totally pulled one over on Gimlin. Now, whoever was in that suit's an idiot, because totally could have gotten shot. You know, if it is a suit, I'm not saying it is. Um, But then, you know, people who pull that kind of crap aren't necessarily the brightest bulbs on the tree to begin with. So, you know, there's, there's that speck in the back of my mind. I believe Bob 100%. I don't think that he's not a liar. He believes completely that is what happened. That is what he saw. But, you know, I have to admit that, you know, there's that speck in the back of my mind like i said he, he could have been hoaxed. i think that's the i think it's the most fascinating aspect of the most fascinating topic is that this main piece of evidence quote unquote whatever you want to say is there's so many little ins and outs to just it you know the stories and the behind the scenes and hieronymus yeah and you know, and and for me, it also comes down to I have to see it myself. I mean, yeah, and I've seen the footage. I mean, my episode of Monster Quest, they really analyze that footage, and if they did something to it, I can't remember, but you can actually see the hair on the back of it. It looks like it's standing up, like a dog that's agitated. The hair on the back of its neck stands up, and the hairline looked like that. So, I mean, I really want to say, yeah, it's a hundred percent real, but you know, I've never seen them. I've never seen. I, it's hard for me to do that. You can't be as lucky as Craig. I can't. Yeah, I'm not as fortunate. Maybe someday. Maybe someday. Hopefully I'll survive the encounter. Do you enjoy the uh, the, the more supernatural aspects of, of... Do I enjoy it? I enjoy <laughs> laughing at it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm firmly, I firmly believe that these are flesh and blood creatures, uh, yeah. an undiscovered primate of some sort that uh, is... Uh, roaming around out there in the woods right but i do like i I think it's really funny when you find the people that they totally believe in bigfoot totally believe bigfoot is a flesh and blood creature and then you say something to them about aliens and they're like or you know ufos or ghosts or not that one of them is associated with the other one but Mm -hmm. it's a fascinating aspect of the paranormal that there can be a little clan of people that they just don't want to acknowledge that anything else. The, yeah, is that everything just else what is they're just interested us. in, just this one thing. And to me, I would just think that, well, you know, if your if your mind is open at least to the possibility. I mean, I guess if you'd seen one, then you knew. So it's whatever. But I don't know. I, don't I just know. like all kinds of weird stuff, and I, I kind of like it because right? it is weird. Yeah, you know? exactly. I just don't get it if. But man, people will roll their eyes back into their head, you know, if you're... Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, just, you know, just because I believe in aliens, I don't think that they're necessarily beaming Sasquatch down here, but... Intergalactic space pet. Mm-hmm. Big, yeah. big black furry creatures from Mars. You had to go Mars. potty, so they beamed him down, and you just happened to catch him on the way back to the ship. <laughs> hey, you know, there could be a planet out there that's inhabited by... Uh... Wookiees. Wookies. There is. It's called and, Kashyyyk. Okay. Well, I knew one of you would know I that. Bo- I boycott Star Wars, so. What? Oh, come on. Never seen one of them. Don't care to. 
You're just being that insolent. Is, that is boycott the, Star Wars. Not, not just don't watch it, but boycott it. I find it hard to believe in this day and age that there's someone who hasn't who hasn't seen it. It's so ubiquitous at this point. There's some of us out there. <laughs> You're just refusing now. A hardliner. Yeah, I guess I am a hardliner. <laughs> I uh, I take a hardline stance against the Star Wars. I I'm I like science fiction, but I'm very particular about my science fiction. And here's the deal. I like science fiction. I like the aliens when they come here and try to take over us. I don't really give a shit other than the alien series about us going out there and wandering around and finding something. But Independence (laughs) Day and, uh, you know, Men in Black and and War of the Worlds and Signs and all that. You know, I dig that shit. There's a new Independence Day coming. Yeah. There's a new Independence Day coming out. I can't wait for it. Yeah. I think it comes out June 24th. You got an alarm set on your phone? No. Don't want to sit on my phone. I'll pull up that day and show you. But I totally get it. I mean, I boycotted Titanic, so you know. You I know how it ends. Uh, yeah, exactly. I didn't didn't get yeah, it. But that selfish bitch who wouldn't let Jack up on the crate or the door or whatever right. it was. Like scoot your ass over a little bit. No, I'm just going to let him freeze his ass then off in shove the water. Him off. I have no with idea what shark, you're talking about. With the sharks, by the way. <laughs> There's but, sharks in them waters. Exactly. And she just leaves him hanging on the side while she's, you know, resting comfortably on top. On I don't dry know that comfortably is the way I'd describe well, it. But more, yeah. comfor- more comfortable than, <laughs> than in the water. Than ass was. I don't know guaranteed. what you're talking about. Spe- speaking of sharks, are you going to go? They're they're making a movie about the oh, Indianapolis. Oh, have, what? You, have you seen the previous film? Was it called the Shallows? Oh, the Shallows. The Shallows? That looks so badass. I don't really? want to be Is it about the USS in Indianapolis? The, no, there's another one. There oh. is one about the Indianapolis. So oh. I wonder if there will be a, a character that named Quint on that boat, because I think that would be pretty That great. would be awesome. But <laughs> Nicolas Cage, Nicolas Cage is the captain of that ship, so... <laughs> Yeah, I don't really know how to feel about it. It looks awesome, but then Nick Cage is involved, so I'm not really sure. Can, Nick Cage is. Can, I like Nick Cage. Pull through movies. sometimes, yeah. But the, yeah, that movie is the shallows where that chick goes surfing and she gets, uh, I guess, a shark maybe brushes up against us and there's blood in the water and she's trapped like on this rock in the in the shallows like with a, a, like a gigantic great white that's just circling her ass. Oh, that sucks. It looks really, really high tide eventually, creepy. sweet pea. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I don't want to. I don't want to be that. But I, I. I don't mind watching it. You'll be yelling from the shore. Shark theory. Oh man. Yeah. Shark had you not theory. gotten your ass out, you know, had you not gotten out in the out on the surfboard, and those I can understand those people that are on, you know, that are surfers, and they like their shark, their surfboard gets bit by a great white, yeah. or you know, or the, even the girl that got her arm bit, bit off, and is, <laughs> then can't wait to get back. It's like okay, you know. <laughs> Whatever happens, happens because you know if you go back out there, you deserve it. Anything that happens they to you, you, once. you deserve it. Yeah, so maybe they think it's like you know one in a million. Yeah, it happened. It's not yeah, going to happen but, again. You know, and everybody can sit there and think that, except you know for the person that, that one dies. person that is the one. There is one of you out there that's going to be that one in the million, and yeah, it ain't, ain't going to be me. <laughs> Shark theory. Love it. I even had a corollary. Corollary to that was was um, if you saw that episode, it's been on a couple of things, but it was on that Monsters and Mysteries in America, the green clawed beast from the Ohio River. Whoa. I don't know. What? It was a woman that was- Was it a made up 
No, 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 no. It was a woman that was out swimming with her family, and they were. she was out there with her family in an inner tube, and something from below reached up and grabbed her by the thigh and pulled her out of the inner tube. (laughs) And she struggled and got back up, and it grabbed her again, and then she got away. And when they got out of the water, she had like a green handprint. I mean, it was it was the gill man. That's the first yeah, thing I think. It's a creature from, from the Black, Black Lagoon. Lagoon. Yeah, <laughs> something like that grabbed her from beneath. Once again, oh. there's fucking plesiosaurs, coelacanthus, <laughs> all that shit out there, especially in Cattle Please, Lake. Yeah, they can take a man's foot. Alligator off. snapping turtles. Yeah, and I had an incident that really was traumatic to me. I was out on my brother's sea do out at theory. Lake Whitney, out in Lake Whitney with my wife at the time and my nephew. And the sea do that I had had a crack in the um, manifold. And so it was just pumping water into the hull, and, and which was fine while I was moving. But once I stopped, it was just like, <laughs> and try as I could to get back up on it, it would just keep tumping me off. So I'm out there in the middle of the lake. My wife has taken off, gone. See, ya. I'm out there in the middle of nowhere, hanging on to the back of this sea dew. You know, I don't know how deep the water is. It could be six feet deep. It could be 600 feet deep. I don't know. Oh, and do, as you know, it's dark and you can't see. And, and I will and not get into water like that either. in that water that's Mm-mm. brushing up against you. Mm-mm. And there's that meme that I saw on 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 Facebook that said, you know, I found out that I scream just as loud whether it's a piece of seaweed or a shark that brushes up against me. Yep. Same scream. And I was out there for a long time out there just hanging on. Fuming. And that's not a good, that ain't a good feeling. Craig wasn't happy. No. Well, well to, bring it all, to bring it all back around, there are alligators now in Lake Worth. So yeah. there are a whole, a whole new Lake Worth monster. Alligators in every, every lake, lake in the South. By now, yeah, probably. They're getting, they're getting around. And if there's not alligators, there's alligators. Gar, and there's Lake Worth monsters, and there's bad. there's you know. Did you say there was a plesiosaur in Caddo Lake? Sure. Uh. <laughs> no, we had a we had a potential member who uh, was grilling us about um, snapping turtles, snapping turtles. How big they were, you know? How big could they take Got a man? Snapping foot turtles. Off? Big enough to take a man's and so foot then off. we were, you know, joking about, you know, plesiosaurs. Yeah, coelacanths. Yeah, plesiosaurs. Because we will make fun of you if you yes, come we, at us like that. Yeah, yeah we will we're make We're talking fun. about you. Yeah, not necessarily behind your back. Maybe, no. maybe to your maybe face. Maybe not to your face, but at least. Depends you know, maybe, on if I think I can take maybe it. Maybe around the corner. <laughs> maybe around the corner from you. That's so great. So somebody was trying to join the, the group and. We just laughed at him. He was he was a strange character. He <laughs> he liked to go uh, spelunking, yeah, by himself. Oh, because that's safe. Yeah, and by then himself. yeah, he'd tear off through the woods, barefooted, barefoot, with a wife beater and jeans on. Come back with no shirt on, sweating. <clears throat> Sound like a bulldog too. And, and brought his own lunch, even though we were eating it lunch at the restaurant. Warm which was milk and peanut a, butter a, a and a can of, of milk pork and beans. He had, had just sit in the in the car and a can of pork and beans that he's eating with a fork out of those. Can again um, now. Where can people figure out how to join your group? <laughs> uh, just find us on Facebook. Just speaks to you. Texas they find Bigfoot us. Research Center. <laughs> There's no Craig and Monica be clowning all people. Yo. <laughs> yep, yep. We've been known to. I've been known to have to run out of meetings before, <laughs> or run people out of meetings. I've done that. <laughs> so you're gonna let you're gonna let us cover the Texas Bigfoot Conference? Yeah, I'm hoping you, you guys come, come out it? and uh, broadcast live or something. Do a live podcast from fun. the event. It'd be real awesome. You'd be able to interview all these guys. You know, if Reece, you know if Reese Darby's going to be there, you want to sniff his underwear. Come on. Oh my gosh, yeah, we'll be there. You throw RV. your underwear at him. Is what's going to happen? I'm going to kidnap know. him. Rolling, Murray. Get in my trunk. 
So excited about that. You need to make that happen. Craig. I, believe me, if I could, if I could, if I was in control of it, I'd make it happen. We'll see. He, uh, he's a busy LA actor, y'all. You know, he wants to, he wants to come out and mingle with the the weirdos, with the common folks. What's the uh, what's the appearance fee for that for a weekend for him? Hopefully, nothing. <laughs> Really? That may Hopefully. be why he hasn't committed <laughs> as of yet. Somehow. All the weirdos you can tolerate. Well, you know, some people have come out. Uh, I tried to get in the early days Joe Bob Briggs to come out because I know he's a big fan of The Legend oh, of Boggy Creek. And, you know, that uh, he was all for it. But then he put me off to his people who wanted a $2,000 <laughs> appearance fee. And I think Josh Gates charged a 4000 yeah, when he came to cheap. Fort Worth and Mm. But he was very nice. 2013. <laughs> he should be for that. That's... Yeah, he was very polite. I'd be very polite for four grand yeah. for a weekend yeah. to Jeez. show up and sign. He very books. politely declined hanging out with everybody who tried to like, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, no, sorry, guys. I've got to go yeah, roll gotta... around in the bed on some money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got to go cash that check and, I've gotta get, I've got and, and an make it flight. rain with one dollar bills. <laughs> I could, I could go off about Josh Gates for a little bit, but I could won't. you? Yes. Oh, Monica you and Cliff, him. you and Cliff Berrickman could do that because Cliff really doesn't like him either. Yeah, Cliff gave me a little rant about him while we were up there last year. I don't know anything about him. I just have watched him for a long time, and at this point, I feel like I've got him figured out. So he's just a smart ass. I like. Smart he is kind of smarmy. He is, and I'm a smart ass, so there's a certain level of calling him on his shit sometimes that well, comes across. And You can't bullshit a bullshitter. There you go. But you know, the smart asses, you know, when I get called a smart ass, I say, well, you know, somebody's got to keep all the dumb asses in line. There you go. That's true. <laughs> Anybody else you want to kick in the nuts real quick? Anybody? Mm. anybody? I can't think of anybody that I want to do publicly. Yeah, publicly. There's a lot of people I'd like to privately. There's a lot of people I do <laughs> privately. <laughs> privately, I've got a whole like string of yeah. Just line them up and kick them in the nuts. Yeah. Different friends, I talk about different people. <laughs> David so. Ellis says hello, Craig. By the way, oh hello, David Ellis. So Monica, one more time, run down all your stuff that you've got going on your shows and yeah, and Strange that. South Radio. Um, is my main thing with Shelly Covington. You can find us on Facebook, Strange South Radio. We're also on YouTube, um, Strange South. We are on Twitter as Radio Strange. And you can reach us at strangesouthradio at gmail.com. And we really rely on our listeners and our um, watchers, everybody, our fans, to uh, give us their local legends, kind of creepy, spooky things going on around your town in the South. Because uh, we like that. I like the unknown, the smaller tales, maybe something I haven't heard of before. We're, you know, traveling around. We're going to be at the Texas Bigfoot Conference. We're going to be at the Rougarou Festival. Uh, we were up at the Ohio Conference a few weeks ago. That's the thing I find I find <clears throat> fascinating is, like like I told you, we have the glow and tombstone when I was growing up. And mm-hmm. every small town has got to have, have something, has something yeah. that means something to the people that live there. And yeah. they either believe it or, you know, that's that's their thing. And yeah, they uh, ridicule it. Right, exactly. And they they all so, be happy to yeah. tell you the story about it. So yeah, and I want to know what it is. I mean, whether or not I'm going to be able to go to, you know, Podunk, Alabama in the near right. future is another thing. But I want to know your story and I will talk about it. I will research it and we'll get you on the show. Uh, we'll get the story at the very least on the show. Yeah. And then I've also got um, the Southern Sasquatch Expeditions that I do with uh, Angela Ashton. And uh, our first one 
is going to be taking place this uh, October in North Georgia. So Halloween you can, weekend, isn't it? It is. It is the weekend prior to Halloween. Very cool. So, yeah, you can find us on Facebook at Southern Sasquatch Expeditions, and you can send Angela. Uh, she's taking care of all the registrations and questions, so you can send her a message on Facebook, and she will be happy to answer that and hopefully get you signed up and come out with us. And Craig? Well, we got the... 15th anniversary original Texas Bigfoot Conference in Jefferson, Texas, the weekend of October 14th through 16th. Be a whole fun-filled weekend. We'll probably on Sunday uh, take a a road trip up to Falk and go kick around Falk and see some of the um, locations where the Falk monster was seen and and maybe some of the uh, locations where the movie uh, that were used in the filming of the movie, The Legend of Boggy Creek, and, and go check out the Monster Mart and and uh, on Sunday, but um, have a lot of fun with, um, like I said, Jeff Meldrum be coming in, Adam Davies, Lyle Blackburn, Chester Moore, Nick Redfern, Ken Gerhard, Ashlyn Brown. Um, you know, expecting, you know, uh, 250, 300 Sasquatch enthusiasts to come hang out for the weekend and and hear some cool stories and, and um, scientific information. and uh, Come meet your radio heroes. <laughs> <laughs> Prison. Prison. <laughs> and then, of course, Cryptomundo. Yes, sir. Cryptomundo, uh, cryptomundo.com. Uh, we're on Facebook, Twitter. Find out information. Uh, you can look up uh, the conference page on Facebook, the event page. RSVP if you're coming, you know, ask any questions. Uh, the registration went live yesterday. Uh, if you want to be a vendor, um, I think we're going to have a, a local girl. She came last year, but she's a, a masseuse. Has a sweet. She's actually going to be given uh, uh, chair massages at the conference. How much? On, on uh, I don't know. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Worth it. <laughs> I will be there. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So for the speakers or whoever gets tired, you know, it's a long day. Don't know if there's going to be any prostate massages, but uh, hopefully not. Good lord, yeah, that that, that would be entertaining. That would be kind of uncomfortable. He really said that too. <laughs> I did say that. Yeah, he sure will. Bring, bring a lot of extra money for that. Yeah, <laughs> special chair for that one though. Prison <laughs> Sasquatch prostate massage. Extra oh, I, charge. I don't know that I want pro- Sasquatch involved with that. What do you usually do, like barbecue or something? I would imagine for well, we've catered it before, but we're we're going to have a dinner at the local Mexican food restaurant Friday night, and then Saturday night out at Big Pines Lodge. It's out there on the Bayou on Cattle What's Lake. the local Mexican food restaurant in Jefferson? That one's Don Juan's. It's on Highway Fifty Nine. Yeah, that's what people want when they're coming to Texas, right? They Mexican want barbecue, food, barbecue, Tex Mex. I can eat Tex Mex every day. Every day. That's my default. Three times a day. It's so I have, good. I have four food Snacks. groups. I have four food groups. Snacks. <laughs> four food groups. Mexican food, and that means Tex Mex. I don't mean authentic Mexican. That means Tex Mex. Mm-hmm. Cheese. Not that authentic shit. No, I don't want. <laughs> I don't want that other shit. I want. I want tortillas and cheese and meat and refried beans. You know, killing you, me now you got italian food seafood and i'll eat you know i'm i'm picky but i'll i'll eat damn near anything that comes out out of the even ocean. a shark i'll eat that shark especially ass. the sharks yeah fuck that bastard i'll eat shark fajitas any day and that's payback yeah oh this was awesome man i'm so glad you guys came up i'm glad monica decided to join us yeah i'm glad craig I'm glad sent that, me a text yeah she message. forgot about it <laughs>
But yeah, you can you uh, for those uh, people out there. Uh, Datus Perry is uh, going to be contributing to Crypto Mundo, so the oh, okay, really? okay, okay, talk will be on Crypto Mundo. It's happening. It's happening. Look at that, Matt. Look at that, Datus Perry. Oh, very cool. About Datus Perry, Clint hosts the OK Talk podcast with fellow broadcast professional Matt. We should <laughs> we should have just. He, I, I honestly originally had just wrote Clint likes stuff because this makes me so uncomfortable. You know, oh, I love God. everybody. Write but your own bio sucks. Nah, it sucks. It sucks for me. Alan. I don't want people to know my own bio. I don't want people to. Figure I don't out. know my own bio. You tell me. What have I done? Exactly. <laughs> Well, if you, you have could, any you idea could, of what I've contributed, please send me an email. You should have put uh, information about Datus Perry up there. I should have. Datus Perry has seen more Sasquatches John than you. Kirk yeah. went off. <laughs> oh, he was. Yeah. He, Who is this? People are friending people him. Are friending this person. This, he's been dead for ten years. <laughs> this is something that happened. Yeah. About my Facebook profile. Yeah. yeah you got, said, you got called out by John Kirk of the British Columbia Scientific Crypto. Yeah, and I had to go in and tell whoa, 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 whoa. John. I said, no, no. The British said, Columbia Scientific Cryptozoology Society? Club. 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 It's a club, dude. Yeah, they'll club you like a baby seal. So what, was he calling me out in a group? No, on his Facebook page. He was just saying... Uh, He's saying, who, who the hell is this person? Per- per- impersonating what? Datus Perry. He's been yeah. dead for 10 years. <laughs> But I mean, you know, I just watched it, you know, in the last couple of weeks, you know, Scott interviewing Datus Perry again on on his documentary. It's just it's epic. You don't want to laugh, but you, you, yeah, you, you have do. to. Oh, it's I, us. We laugh. But that's not the best. <laughs> that's not the best Datus Perry. See, the, the picture that I have. What's that from? Secrets and Mysteries with uh, Edward Mulhair. And okay. that's how I got. That was really a f- early introduction to Bigfoot for me. Was, I, my buddy's dad owned a VHS store and we were playing basketball over at his house one day, found in his closet, like all the rejected VHS videos. And there's this one on the top and it's, it's got Bigfoot, on it. Loch Ness Monster and Aliens and put it in. And thank God it's on YouTube because I broke the tape. I took it all the way through college. I, I had a buddy the other day, got a hold of me and he was like, dude, is there a copy of that online? I want to show my kid that video. But... Besides that video just being insane and Ed Mulhair and everything, it's Dadis Perry <laughs> with a feather in his hat and his, you know, his... Like a leprechaun hat or something. Yeah, he looks know. like the Ricola commercial, you know, the... Ricola! Yeah. And he says... Uh, he's like a, a <clears throat> leprechaun pimp. He's talking about how, and I was looking up there at the tree, and behind the tree there was this black deal Ding. looking at me. No, he said deal. deal. <laughs> there was a black deal looking at me, and it had a peaked pointed head a and we were just like on the floor you know i mean this is the funniest thing i've ever seen and he's like and i waved my arm in a big arc and i says i yelled out hi Howdy. sasquatch come on down sold <laughs> it is like a baseball <laughs> cap with a feather but he totally looks like he'd be talking like that though yeah but just not in this one in oh this my one God, he's, he's from carson yeah he's the bigfoot guru of resident carson county you remember when, when Harriet was interviewing, he, he's actually laying in bed being interviewed. Yeah, laying on his couch showing every damn one of them had the same. He's like, yeah, they've got like a Ku Klux Klan head. <laughs> Ku Klux KKK hat head. Yeah, that's exactly what How he's he like. drew him. It's so crazy.
Setting 